Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, co-host Justin Baker in the house as we get ready to break down the 2019 NHL entry draft, along with lots of trades and the upcoming July 1st free agent. Although we are in the interview period and we have lots to get to, a ton happening in the league. Justin, Marit Cedar. That's where I want to start. You're starting big here. That's where I want to start. Uh, you are, you're a Red Wings fan. The Red Wings went, from what uh, what I could tell, and most people could tell, uh, including all the people on. I was watching on NBC Sports because that's the stream that I get. Uh, you know, Liam McCune. He was pretty surprised. <laughs> He's the guy. He's the guy. That's the guy. Uh, no, uh, you know Craig Button. He's going. What the frick? Wow! Like that's a. It was. It's. It felt like a reach. I think we were talking before the show. He was generally in somewhere between the twenty and thirty range in mock drafts because mock drafts are just insane. In mm-hmm. this draft, it was like you could be eleventh or you could be fortieth, as a Valiev saw that a Russian. <laughs> Russian sniper, right? What is something like yeah, that? yeah. And Cole, Cole, Caulfield, Phil Caulfield. Too. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's talk about that. I, I want to get your thoughts because it felt like to me the Red Wings could have traded down. We did see a trade. Uh, the Flyers traded their 14th and the 45th pick to move up three spots. So Arizona was able to pick up a a mid level a mid uh, mid round second round pick really for moving up three spots. To me, it seems like the Wings could have gotten at least a second-round pick to to shimmy back a little bit and still taking the same guy. But I don't. Yeah, I I wonder if, because you, you look at what Arizona and Philly both, they both drafted defensemen, right, with those, those picks in the first round. And so Philly, obviously, I think what they were seeing was after Edmonton taking... Broberg getting off the board in Detroit, right? They they get this feeling, oh crap, there's going to be a run on defensemen because you know they they talk about it after Bo, Bo and Byram, right? There's there's like the next tier of defensemen, right? They there right. possibly could be guys that could be top four defensemen in the league, but you know there wasn't a surefire like top four defenseman like like this kid was, um, and I think the Wings probably trying to trade down, um, you know they they. Philly probably wasn't offering anything like that to him because they didn't think there was going to be a run on Demon, you know, at the time at number six, right? Yeah, but was there not a team who was, I mean, I mean, we're talking about a guy, the Wings picked a guy who, let's say at, at best, he goes 13, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, was, was Maurice Cedar really higher than, like, Victor Soderstrom was, you know, he was picked right around where he was, and uh, Cam York. Same thing. Thomas Harley. All these guys were were picked relative to where they were taken. I mean, there was a you know what three defensemen taken in a row after Thompson and then Hanaloa and Samuel Poulin, uh, then Tobias Bjornfoot. So there was quite a few defensemen. Uh, Poulin not a defenseman, but the four of the five. So it seems like they maybe could have gotten their guy if they had just even you know. Was there a chance that somebody else wanted to move up? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. When you look at like two two picks, for example, uh, Dylan C- Cousins and Trevor Zegris, um, two big centermen that I think really could have made a difference on a lot of teams. And you know how valuable centers are in today's NHL. And to me, that's kind of shocking when those two guys are available on the board at six and nobody wants to even move up a few spots to try to secure one of them. Um yeah, so I, I was kind of shocked that nobody wanted to trade down. And maybe Eisman was asking too much. I mean, that's that's a possibility. Maybe he was like, I want two first-round picks this year's and next or something. And they were, everybody was like, no way. See ya. Yeah, yeah. So, you I know. mean, I suppose I suppose if you're asking, like, obviously the Wings didn't want to move, move too far down. They wanted their guy. I, I mean, I guess you can also look at it like this. You're picking six. You don't have a choice as to where you pick. You're just picking six. I mean, he wasn't even here. Right. So if there's a guy he likes... Then you just take them and yeah, you just go. That's the thing. That's fine. We're picking sixth. If we were picking ninth, we'd pick the same guy. If we picked twelfth and he was available, we'd pick the same guy. So we don't really care. We just want to guarantee we get this guy. And if he feels that strongly about Maurice Cedar, then uh, and he does too. He, he apparently his time in Tampa, he was 
traveling around a lot, looking at a lot of prospects, and he had his eye on this guy for a long time. And what's even funnier to me is just the fact that Tampa Bay would be like, okay, yeah, go see all these prospects, even though you're not going to be anywhere near the draft table for us this year. Yeah, I'm sure he so. collected some information that was that right. was like, all right, if you go somewhere else, uh, we like you get it, we get it, we all get to share it. And he said, yeah, sure, it's fine. That's like, possible, sure. I mean, Tampa also has... I'm assuming at, the, at that point is thinking, well, we're going to be picking 30 or 31st anyways. Right. You know, so big deal. <laughs> oops. They end up picking, uh, where did they end up picking? They're, uh, they're still, they didn't have a first, or they, they did have a first round pick. I'm sorry. It was like 24, 27? Oh, 27. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's interesting that it was 27, yet they lost so early in the, the first round. Why was it so, I, I thought that, I don't know. I always thought that it was wherever you, wherever you lost in the playoffs was where you you ended up getting slotted. Yeah, it should have been. Oh, it's the fir- the first two rounds. If you lose, then it's the best team goes twenty seven and and lower. Is it? It's the conference finals. If you make it to the oh, conference right, finals, right, right, right. then you're automatically twenty eight, twenty nine, then thirty three. Right, right. I forget go. about that. So the first two rounds doesn't really affect your your standings there. Uh, well. Before we before we jump into any of the big trades, I do want to just talk about you. You mentioned Bowen Byram, taken fourth by Colorado, who had essentially a free pick. Like this was this was a freebie. I mean, granted they gave up uh, they gave up Matt Duchesne, but they also have Samuel Garrard, who's playing in their top four. So you'll gladly make that exchange, anyways. They get this fourth overall pick, Bowen Byram, who is probably the only defenseman in this draft that is a you know he's an assured top four defenseman uh, i think there's other guys that people go well yeah he's a three four this guy here he's he, he has a, a chance to crack a top four but bowen byram has a chance to be a number one defenseman now pair him up with cole mccarr and or cal mccarr and uh and samuel gerrard you've got eric johnson you've got tyson berry who now probably is i, I would think dealable may, because maybe on his way out Suddenly, Colorado goes from a weakness on defense. I mean, just think, before Matt Duchesne was dealt 18 months ago to from Colorado to Ottawa, Colorado had Tyson Berry and Eric Johnson, and that was about it. They had, like, Ian Cole, and, I mean, they, they had some, much else. <laughs> some pretty low-level low level guys, knowing that Kale McCarr was, was in the weeds. He was coming. They get Samuel Gerrard. Now they draft Boehm Byram. Suddenly they look like they me. Is Colorado now the like the Leafs were looked at as that team coming right? Like man, they are going to be freaking good and they're going to be good for a long time. Is Colorado that team now? And maybe are they are they better positioned than the Leafs because they've got Nathan McKinnon signed to a long term deal? They've got Landis Cog signed to a long term deal. They've got these young defensemen all coming in on. On uh, on cheap deals, ELCs, and now it's just a matter of filling in the rest. Yeah, they're they they're in a very very good spot. Let's I mean, let's face it, they are loaded on defense. Young guys who are going to be around and potential you know top two top four talents for a long time there. Um, and like you said, McKinnon, he's on a cheap six point three million dollar contract for you know another four seasons. Like what a freaking steal. Um, the, the, the biggest question for Colorado moving forward is going to be, um, you know, obviously they got to resign a bunch of RFAs and they got some good names out there, obviously Rantanen, but JT Comfer, um, you know, Alexander Kerfert, they all need new deals and they'll, they'll get them signed. They'll get them locked up. It won't be a problem. But, uh, the only question mark I think I have now for Colorado is goaltending, right? Grubauer was good last year. Um, I have no problem, but you know, he was he was up and down a little bit last year. So, you know, if they get somebody back there in that that can solidify and, you know, the free agent market now, you, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but there's a lot of goaltending names being floated around there. So they could pick up a, a decent guy to be like a 1B there and they could be they could be set for, you know, next few years, no doubt. It'll, it'll be interesting. Justin, they have $38 million in cap space. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. Uh, they, you're going to give Rotten in $10 million, but. Yes, okay. 
they and but the rest of their guys pretty negligible the amounts that they get. I think this Sunday, uh, Artemi Panarin is going out to Colorado to visit, or maybe it's Wednesday. I can't remember. It's one of the two days he's coming to visit. They could snag and him they up. They just traded Soder, Soderstrom, right? Yeah, they, they got four million Soder. off their books. Yeah, there's. I mean, they granted they they did pick up Kevin Connaughton, which I actually isn't a bad move. Five six kind of guy. Uh, at this point, when you do look at their defense and you go, oh man, they've got. They've got uh, Ian Cole, Mark Barbiero, Kevin Connaughton as, as some of their higher paid guys. It, it looks funny, but uh, I I do think there's some there's some good good guys, good bodies back there, especially with Gerard and Makar, who may end up being their top pairing. Next yeah, year. and I think they'll they'll end up like you know keeping some of that money on the back burner too when a lot of these higher end guys get off the books so that they can pay these D men. Um, but yeah, they're. Colorado's pretty loaded moving forward for the future real yeah, well. Joe Sackick's done a nice job. Uh, okay. Shall we get into the New Jersey Devils? Because I think they were, they may have been the winners of the draft. I would agree. Because of what they did, not just drafting the best player in the draft, but also making that monster deal for P.K. Subhan, which in reality was not that monstrous in terms of what they gave up for him. They took on a lot of salary. But I mean, really, what two second round picks, uh, a and five a six prospects. defenseman, and yeah. A, yeah, it's really didn't give up a whole lot. Uh, you have to imagine that now Nashville is going to use that cap space to go and do something pretty special. Matt Duchesne, maybe, maybe some Matt Duchesne action up in there. But New Jersey comes in top pick. They make the right pick. I I think I think Jack Hughes is is the. He's the obvious pick, I guess. And it yeah, just, that was a no-brainer. I mean, I think you and I both knew it. Even though we had our discussions about who might have actually been the better player, but in long term, it's better for the yeah, franchise. And you know what? I don't even think he's going to play with, with Hall. I think you're just going to keep Heischer with Taylor Hall. I would the first you're year going to, to start. You, you would put him with Taylor no, Hall? No, no, no. I would put Heischer with Hall to start. Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and I don't know. Like It's, it's interesting because I don't know if we know who will be the better player, uh, let's say, six years down the road. Is it Heischer or is it Hughes? Because that's, you know, two of the last three first overall picks, New Jersey Devils. And so that'll be a, that'll be an interesting story to see. Uh, I think Jack Hughes is going to get a little more love because he's an American guy and it just, that just happens. Uh, but your thoughts on that PK Subban deal? Well, how does that change the balance of power maybe? Well, I will say this. Um, New Jersey has to do something in order to keep Taylor Hall because that's where my mind initially went when I saw this trade, sure. right? They're making moves to say, hey, we're building. We're we're going to compete. We're going to be a contender here uh, in the next few seasons. And, you know, drafting a guy like Jack Hughes, bringing in a guy like P.K. Subban who can be a number one defenseman, which this team desperately needed. I mean, their top guys were Andy Green and – and nothing against Sammy Vatanen, but I don't. He's not a, a clear cut number one in my opinion. He could well, number two, three, he, but Andy Green and Vatanen both UFAs at the end of this year too. So yeah, should be interesting. But uh, so now you bring in a guy like PK, who not only is going to be a great number one, a guy who can you know handle all aspects of you know the ice in terms of on defense, but now too you get you get kind of like a bit of a showman in there, a guy that is entertaining, a guy who's fun to have in the locker room, right? And you you look at Taylor Hall and you say, hey. Not only are we building something for the future, but yeah. this is something fun, right? We got Jack Hughes in here, and I mean they're having fun now too. I just went and I reposted a day on our Twitter account. New Jersey did like this this take on uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker scene where he walks into the the art gallery and is painting things, and it was it was hilarious and nice. But it just you can see that they're kind of embracing this, you know, this funness that that's starting to come with drafting Jack Hughes and having PK Subban there completely changes the room absolutely you know and i really i don't get the vibe that taylor hall is the guy that wants to lead the room you know i've i've really not ne- i've never seen that from and when he was in edmonton even into new jersey you think about i mean he let he essentially was traded for edmonton because eh, that we we've lost for so long we have to shake things up and they said well let's trade the guy who we've deemed Maybe to be a lo- like maybe to be the guy who cares the least. Yeah, and 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 by I don't you know I, I don't know him I don't, I don't know what his attitude is actually like but there's a reason. Well, why it's they hard to be him. positive when you're in Edmonton at sure, that time. So sure, I understand. But, but then he goes to New Jersey. He has a horrible first year, 
and he has a really hard time adjusting. You know, my my assumption is that he's probably more of like an introverted guy. Uh, probably not not as like the super vocal. Well, he's guy no in the PK room, like right? I mean, exactly. When you so talk you, about vocal guys, so you're going to bring in a guy who is going to just totally shake up the locker room. You're going to take pressure off offensively, like during the game because of having Jack Hughes, having a guy like PK Subban. What else are they going to do with the remaining $25 million in cap space when really they they need to re-sign Stefan Nozen and, and Pavel Zaka? Probably the only two guys that they'll re-sign along with like a Will Butcher, but those guys aren't getting monster deals. So I think you're still looking at, meh, you might have, you know, maybe you're going to sign look to sign somebody within the 5 to 7 million range and if they can do that you know i got to i got to think that taylor hall's probably going to stay but also are you preparing for taylor hall to leave and going you know what it's fine if taylor hall wants to leave we'll trade him they'll get a king's ransom for him and they'll have their guys for the future yeah, maybe you go out and you get a, another, you know, a leader in that locker room like, you know, Anders Lee, right? He hasn't re-signed in the island yet, so, you know, maybe he wants to walk a couple miles down the road. And, trade for Anders Lee, make him captain. No, you don't have to trade for him. Or, uh, Free yeah, agent, yeah, yeah sign him. Sign him, my, yeah. Right, right. Or maybe, I mean, maybe you tell Taylor Hall, hey, we'll make you captain when Mr. Green retires next year, and, you know, hey, now, now you put an A on, you know, on PK's sweater, and you make those right. guys the anointed leadership of the room. Not too bad. Not too bad indeed. Uh, New York Rangers, obviously, they take capo, cackle, cackle, ka. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> they, you know, just just with that pick, I think that the the feeling in that locker room changes. They also, they get Jacob Truba, who they do need to re-sign to a uh, long-term deal. He's an RFA. I've got $17 million in cap space. He'll get the John Carlson money. Yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll get that seven and a half million, eight million, somewhere in there. Does it it doesn't feel like though this this Rangers team feels like they're they're moving to something. Like maybe this is all over. Like we took our guy, we're good. We're 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 not trying to rebuild, we're trying to make the playoffs now. You've got Henrik Lundqvist. Is there a chance that this team goes out and is able to pull in one of these big name free agents? That's that's the good question, right? I think for me, when I look at this Rangers team, I think, yes, there's, you know, reason for optimism, right? You got Capococco coming in, you know, you traded for Truba, who is a, a surefire number one defenseman right now in this league. Um, but at the same time, you're still the same Rangers team minus those two guys as you were last year, right? Now, we don't know what's happening with with Kreider. We don't know what's going to happen with, you know, Jimmy VC. There's talks of moving those guys. And so I'm interested to see what happens after those guys get dealt because I think now that teams know where the cap is going to be next year at 81 and a half. And I think that's why we didn't see a lot of trades at the draft is GMs yeah. were just scared yeah. of what the cap number was actually going to be. Um it's just so stupid. Why don't they it just is. announce it right before the draft instead of right after? I come on, or they do it at the draft, right? Least, but just do it stupid. a week before or something. Like I, Stanley Cup's awarded next day, announce the cat, or like after the parade or something, right? But anyways, I think Ranger fans, you know, are they're excited now because Truba and Kako are here, and I think they'll want to see the rebuild happen quicker because again, Lundqvist, two years left, and I think really that's the good hockey. You'll get decent hockey out of him for the next couple of years, but after that. You know, he might retire. Who knows? I mean, he's he's on borrowed time. He at is. This point. Absolutely. I mean, you, you know that it's just a matter of time before he has one of those seasons where you go, oh, shoot, he lost. Well, I mean, frick, he's been playing 70 games every single season yeah, for yeah. A, over a decade. So um, so there's that. And I, But I think if you're the Ranger fans, though, don't go out and go crazy spending in free agency. Try to make some moves, acquire some picks shed some money and see what you can do because regardless what happens yes they got Truba but they still got you know you know Mr. Smith back there on defense you've got Mark Stahl you got older guys with these bloated contracts that you know maybe they might consider buying one of them out in the next buyout window who knows Shattenkirk is he movable I doubt it I don't know not a guy I'd want no, I wouldn't want him either, but you know, maybe a team takes a chance on him. But again, they, they do have some other good pieces on defense like Brady Shea, Adam Fox, you know, Truba, like with Anthony D'Angelo, these guys who can be potential, you know, keys in their, you know, their future. But 
don't get overly optimistic if I was a Rangers fan right now. I would be patient. Yeah, and I I think the Rangers are this is exactly where you want to be. You've got a lot of guys, all these inflated contracts, they're veterans. They've got max two years left on them. And then you're out of them. So don't put yourself like yeah. don't go out and try to sign Anders Lee or something less stupid like that. Right. Where he probably has peaked. And anything else you're gonna get is just just gravy, but Honestly, probably not going to go out and get you 60 points. He's not going to go break career highs. That's just. No. And in two years, then you can make that push, right? When all these stupid contracts come off. I'll be honest. though, there's one player that I would think that NBC, you know, you've got some, some, someone up there. They are dying for Joe Pavelski to go sign with the New York Rangers <laughs> or the Chicago Blackhawks. I have heard his name with the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, would he, he could be that like, and eh, they, they've kind of been really missing Patrick Sharp. You know, I mean, think about it. the last time that team was good. He, they he's had the a guy good that Patrick Sharp. Brandon Saad was supposed to be for them, but hasn't really right. turned out that right. way. But man, he can go in. He could, he could fill that second line center spot. He could play with Patrick Kane. Oh, be dirty but you gotta you gotta think man they they would love to have him in new york i think he i think 30 so well one there. teams would love to have he would fit Pavelski. so well in new york i mean he wouldn't go there i don't think because i don't think he's gonna go yeah i'm gonna win a cup there no and i think that's the thing i think he's looking for a team that's willing to let's scoop back give him a couple jersey. years what a fit that would be to jersey you imagine that they've got all the cap space they could sign him to a what if you just said we'll sign you to a Two year, and we'll give you seven, seven and a half million, seven million dollars for in for two years. Wow, man, you could. Go, I wouldn't do that if I was you Pavelski. Could go, and you wouldn't do that? No, because he, you're not going to win a cup in two years in New you Jersey. Don't think, you don't think with the addition to him, you got PK Subban, you got no. The goaltending is too questionable at Pavel this point. Pavel Zach is getting better, and then all you got to do is just. Find a goal, grab one of these goalies. If they had a couple other pieces and a decent goalie, then maybe, Uh, yes. And you know what? St. Louis, all they needed was a decent goalie, and they freaking got us ECH. Well, they already had all the other pieces, though. That's the thing. But so did I. I mean, New Jersey isn't... All of a sudden, you get slightly above average goaltending, which is, in reality, every team is like a dream season away from it. It's happened before. It happened to the St. Louis Blues. They yeah, got, but you look at okay. So you look at Jersey, right? They've got the two centers now, right? They've got. They're the two missing centers. everything on the wing. They have Taylor Hall. That's it. That's all they have, though. They have nothing they else. They have Pavel Zaka. Uh, he's third line at. They've best. got Kyle Palmieri. Not impressed. He Kyle he, Palmieri. He, he had like, one good season. One good season. I don't know if he's. I'm not reading into completely him. Completely unimpressive. No, but. maybe he's a second line guy, but like. You need a little bit more than that. St. Louis at least had, you know, uh, Schwartz and Tarasenko, and right. they had so other guys. They have Nico Heischer and Taylor Hall. That, but I then think they Taylor had Hall's Shen and those guys. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly, and they had a yes, couple they, big studs on defense. And so I think New Jersey's still a couple pieces away. So they bring those but couple all peoples, of a sudden and then you add in Joe Pavelski's your Ryan O'Reilly right there. Well, yeah, he would attra- he would be attractive cha- as a second Their whole line. locker room's changed. You've got Hughes. You, I mean, you Subban and Pavelski coming into a locker room together. Oh man, I just feel like you could, <laughs> you could blow that thing up and really change things. But anywho, uh, shall we? We wanted to talk about a little bit about goaltending. Please, there is a, I love. There it. is a ton happening with goaltenders. Lots of them moving around. Sergey Bobrovsky, obviously the biggest name out there. He's met with the Panthers. It seems like he's going to sign with the Panthers, but. Is there any chance that he goes and he signs somewhere else? Like, is there another team that could sign Bobrovsky for the amount that he wants? It sounds like he wants his carry price money, right? Like he 10, probably does. 10 and a half, 11, even, maybe even 11. Ooh, at 30 years old. Because you know he's but probably maybe, looking well, for he's max only term too. Seven. He's only at seven. Right. So carry Price's deal. It was eight uh, years. It was eight years, and he was what? He was twenty eight when he signed yeah. up. Uh, so, was he twenty eight? No, he's thirty one. Okay, right now. yes, and okay. he's got. But Burbowski's yeah. thirty. He's so thirty, even yeah, but seven. he signed a seven, so that's thirty seven. Carey Price's deal is done when he's thirty seven, and Carey Price is has not been as good as Burbowski. 
Well, Rusky I won't disagree with you there. He's got, and someone's going to give him eleven million. He's got or, a couple Vesnas, so there's I mean, that. honestly, if I'm him, I go. I want ten point six million because I want to be the highest paid goalie in the league. I deserve it. There's a good argument for him to do that. Percentage of cap too, slightly sure. higher. You can give an extra hundred thousand. And I do think Florida does have a, a bit of an advantage when you look at the no taxes, right? So sure. Yeah. So Florida could say we'll give you. Nine and a half. Right. Work with actually, us a little bit because yeah. we want to sign other guys. Sure. Yeah. Totally get that. Um, the only other team really that I think that he might have a shot at signing with is Col- staying in Columbus. And I don't really know how the relationship ended there. But if you look at that team, they're still not really. I mean, they're a Matt Duchesne of Obrowski removed from sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning and being a legit it's team. True. So you have a you have a decent shot. And they're, I mean, some could make the argument that they're a little bit further on their quest in terms of a cup than Florida is, right? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I like I like the pieces in Florida better. Don't get me wrong. Huberto, Barkov over... I mean, Duchesne's gone. No, I... I, 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 tr- a, like, I think he's gone. I agree with you. And I again, I like the pieces and in Panarin's Florida better. Gone. Panarin is not signing in Columbus. No, no, not, not at all. Not a chance. No. no. So but you're again, not going back to Columbus, who now has a whole bunch of secondary pieces because they built around those guys. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, they could go out in free agency and maybe make an offer sheet to somebody. I don't know. But uh, uh, mute point. But again, on, Columbus on. is. Do you think there's going to be an offer sheet? We'll get into that because I, I have a, a lengthy opinion about that. So, okay. Um, right. I, I do think there's still a slight, I would probably say a 2.5% chance he goes back to Columbus. Just because, again, so they've at least back to Columbus. You're, they've you're. at least won a series in the last couple of years where Florida has not. So there's that. It's true, but I I think Florida with a good goalie with a and and you know hey you get to share the net with with Roberto Roberto Luongo. He's a character, so that would be probably fun be too. Fun. I mean, I got to imagine Luongo's in the room. Oh, absolutely! Like he's going to be there during that interview process. He's he go, is that franchise. This is a freaking unbelievable place to play. Oh, it's did Miami. you want to go? Did you want to go to the beach after this, <laughs> or did you want to go and like walk the streets of Columbus, Ohio, and like go to a, a football game? I'm sure that that's not in a Russian. It's the DNA. only thing to do in Columbus. That's, is it. Go to- that's <laughs> it. We could go to the Arnold's in February. Arnold's. Arnold. Uh, it's the bodybuilding. Uh, yeah. Trade show essentially. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So okay. Bobrovsky, though, Florida or bust, pretty much. Florida, pretty much. maybe Columbus, but not probably nowhere else is going to give him that kind of money. Although Carolina should really think about it if they could. Stay. They're not spending money on goaltenders. They should. They're uh, thinking about buying Darling out, too, by the way. So. Yes, this is true. Uh, they have a few days to do that. Uh, let's go with Robin Leonard. Let's talk Robin Leonard because it, it sounds like he's actually being courted by what I've heard Carolina that yep. are interested in Leonard. Obviously, the Islanders still interested in, in keeping him. I haven't heard much else. Is there a chance he goes somewhere else? Or mm-hmm. is he just an Islander? I think he. I think it depends on term, right? Because I know he wants to stay in New York with the Islanders, and I think that is the best spot for him because you, you look at what he's got. He's got Grice backing him up, and he's in a good situation there. Um, you know, he's got... Or is Leonard backing up Grice? Who knows? Well, yeah, who knows? But who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe he wants that number one shot again, too. But, um, you know, he could always... I, I've heard rumblings, and I'm not sure if there's any truth to it at all, but P- Buffalo might still be interested in bringing him back. Um, that would be interesting because it's not too far in terms of location, and you're familiar with that franchise. But what was the relationship like when he left? Yeah, I so. mean, the guy was, like, suffering horribly with right. depression. Right, and so that's the thing. There, right? You know, and honestly... and. Buffalo is actually the like at one point I think it was like the gloomiest place to live in the country. Oh, I I visited there multiple times and every oh, rainy winter time is ridiculous there. The, you, the ice that grows on the the ground there or not grows but grows. <laughs> the ice that freezes on the ground there it's it's thick as a hockey rink. Who wants to be around that crap? No thanks. The wind it's ridiculous. Okay, so let's let's assume Leonard and Bobrovsky are off the table. That probably takes Florida. That takes. Uh, the Islanders. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for him to leave the island. No, it's the best situation. And I think as long and as they, they give him three years, they he'll be fine. they understand him. They do. Like, and they were willing to give him that chance. Like, I think that that's just a, a good relationship. Probably signs a three-year deal there. Maybe four. The only way that I could see him leaving is if someone's willing to just, like, pony up and give him right. some mad money, which I don't see. No. He had, he had one good 
45 game season. Right. And he's in a team that has a, you know, an opportunity to super defensive too. Exactly. So yeah. That, they so have, that's where you go. Well, if we bring him in is he, it's like, was he that good or was it that system? Cause Thomas Grice played just as well. Right. Uh, so, okay. So that, that leaves us with probably the Oilers, the flames, the hurricanes, the flyers, blue jackets. They're all looking for a goalie. Uh, I don't think that Anton Forsberg in Carolina is going to cut it. Traded today <laughs> to uh, to them for oh that was that was a I, I don't even I can't even remember what the deal was but Anton Forsberg went to Carolina uh, so I mean we're we're talking Mrazek maybe Curtis McElhaney Mike Smith does Mike Smith go back to Calgary or is he out of there No it's possible he goes back but I think he wants at this stage in his career I think he wants an opportunity to be a number one still. Um, he could in Edmonton. He could in Edmonton. He he still possibly could in Calgary too. But I think, I think maybe just it hasn't really gone as good as he had hoped in Calgary. And I think maybe going somewhere fresh would be better for him at least to finish off his career. A place like Carolina would be pretty good because they've got a lot of good young pieces. They're they're a very fast team. They're they got a lot of good defensive players in front of him so maybe you look at this and say okay cool this would be a this would be a nice spot hang out on the coast you know it's not florida coast but it's still a it's still the coast um you know and it's a lot it's a lot happier place to live than i think calgary really it's uh yeah snowy sure. mess all the time you know when when you consider the guys that are free agents Semyon Varlamov actually played the second most games out of anyone that's a free agent. Yeah, you're not hearing his name at all anywhere, his name. which is shocking. I mean, I understand. Like, Grubauer had a good playoff. He didn't really have a good regular season until, like, March. Right. Right. And so, I mean, that team was pretty garbage. It just so happened. I mean, I think that relatively by chance, Grubauer got hot and the Avalanche got hot at the same time. Uh, maybe it was that the Avalanche got hot because Grubauer got hot, but... I think Semyon Varlamov could have had the same fortune. Like, I don't think that he's a bad goaltender. No. I actually think he's the, the biggest sleeper in this entire group. He's 31 years old. He might he might only get a, Three. One, a one or two-year deal. Yeah, out sure. There. And a, maybe a show-me deal. And he would be a great 1B goaltender for a team that you know maybe already has it. Like a Philadelphia, for him going in, just, hey, we don't want Carter Hart to play more than 50 games. I think that's that's perfect for a Carter Hart. 45 to 50 games in the season. But is he willing to I mean, is he willing to be a number 2? I don't see why he's he going to get he's going to I mean, you're talking he's probably going to be two and a half, three million dollars. Is I he think, willing to take that kind I of cut? I think what, what we're seeing for, at the goaltending position is a lot what the NFL experienced maybe like 7 8 years ago where every team used to have this designated 30-plus carries a game running back. And now all of a sudden, you know, you've got these these teams that are running three-man tandems. Yeah, win I by mean, committee. Right, and then, like, the New York Giants did it back when they won the Super Bowl. I think it was the first time. It was, like, Brandon Jacobs in them. Their defense did uh, it, too, but... They had, the they had like... Because I remember they had the... Uh, what was it? Like, the Earth, Wind, and Fire or something like that, where oh, it was, like, here's your monster <laughs> guy, here's your speed guy, and then here's the guy that you can, you know, just put in uh to get you these extra yards you know they had they had three different types of guys i mean i think that the nhl we're seeing you know you've you've got your groups of of teams that are going to the finals at this point boston they were a 1a 1b dallas a 1a 1b i mean granted ben bishop was he was the guy i I guess i won't say a 1a 1b for dallas but i'd say that it was very much like a 1b 2a yeah, but you knew you had a guy behind you you could super rely on, right? Sure, I mean, and that and I think it's so crucial, especially too. You're seeing goalies get. I think I I don't have concrete facts to back this up. Maybe we can find this, but goalies seem to get hurt more now. It seems to be a tougher position to play. I I don't know if it's because guys are getting run or if it's just because the game's getting faster and faster and. Maybe because the equipment is smaller, maybe there's a there's something to that. But sure. it seems to me like having two goaltenders who are both number ones who can share the net makes sense. Yeah, uh, maybe the only way to really get there is to, is, you know, to pay goalies more. 
You know, I think at this point the league kind of goes, well, you know, we'll pay these three guys a ton of money, but everyone else, they're kind of going to get this. I mean, think about it, like Frederick, Frederick Anderson, top 10 goalie in the league. He's making five and a half million dollars a year and five and a half million dollars a year right now buys you a second line winger. And yet yep. he is the most important player on the Maple Leafs, perhaps. So you kind of have a little bit of a disconnect because they go, well, we could just bring in somebody else who could do. Well, I think teams are scared to spend money on a starter because they know they have to rely on a backup and you want to spend good money on a backup like we're talking about right now. And so when you're spending good money on a backup, like for now, I mean, look, Cam Ward got paid $3 million last year to back up Corey Crawford. And I think injury, like we, like you mentioned too, has a lot to do with that, right? Uh, Florida, Luongo goes down, right? James Reimer looked like garbage last year. So of course they fall out of playoff contention. Yeah. Now we but, we but the whole point of having James Reimer was that they had a good backup, right. which, which he has been serviceable in the past. Also, was Florida very good last year? No, no. But again, we now you turn your focus to a team like Montreal that's paying Carey Price ten plus million. When he went down, right? Okay, obviously last year they got a little lucky with you know Niemi having a decent season, but this previous season Niemi was garbage. Anytime Carey Price was in the net, you were like, okay, Montreal's probably going to lose. Yeah. And a couple of years before that, when he was hurt, it was just bye. I mean, Boston's paying over $9 million for their two goalies. St. Louis, they're about to be paying over $9 million for both their goalies. Granted, that's because they signed Jake Allen to a bad deal. Uh, they over overpaid him at one point. But, I mean, it's interesting to look at, you know, maybe like the New York Islanders, a team that have two good goaltenders. Robin Leonard was making what was he making? He was making like two two and a half last year, three and a half or something. Yeah, not that much. One and a half maybe. I don't know. Two point two five uh four million. Four million. Four million. Okay. So I mean that the Islanders were paying seven over seven point three million for two goaltenders. So I mean you you start looking at uh the trend of all right, you know, in order to be I mean, they, they advanced to the second round. I mean the Columbus Blue Jackets, they were Obviously, they were paying Bobrovsky a little bit. Uh, they maybe the only, they were also paying Keith Kincaid. You you just look at these teams that made it through the first round, and most of them were paying their goaltenders more than seven million dollars a year in in, in combination combined. Uh, outside of I mean, even the Carolina Hurricanes were because technically they're paying Scott Darling. So, I mean, it's on the one hand, you go, well, it's stupid to pay, you know, maybe a goaltender who hasn't proved you much $4.15 million like a Scott Darling because you don't know what he's going to do when he actually becomes a starter. (laughs) But you're hard pressed to find a team that went to the second round. I mean, even even Dallas with Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin, they were spending almost $7.5 million on goaltenders. And you go to some of these teams who are like cheaping out, you know, let's. Yeah, not everybody's going to get lucky like Carolina where they snag McElhaney and got Mrazek on a show right. me deal. Right, right. And, That's and not that, going to happen every year. I mean, you've got the Philadelphia Flyers who, of course, like Carter Hart better than a $730,000 goaltender, which is what they're paying Hart right now. But, uh, I mean, they were paying Brian Elliott, Cam Talbot, Michael Neuvorth. Like, they, they paid five goaltenders last year. So, I mean, you could pay five goalies $7.5 million <laughs> uh, or you can you can get a couple good ones it seems to me like the league has moved to a a tandem goaltending system outside of, of course, like the NFL. You've you've got your couple running backs who who run the show, and they're they're the man, and that's that's fine. Yeah, even now in the but NFL, they're the outliers. Though, yeah, well, even now in the NFL too, at the starting quarterback position, where they're paying their starters right these ridiculous dollar amounts, thirty million dollars a season to be a starter, but they're still going out and they're still spending good money on backups because again, they know. Like, for instance, you know, Washington with Alex Smith, he went down. They tanked, right? Mm-hmm. You know, luckily, Philly, when Carson Wentz went out, Wentz was out, they had Nick Foles, right? So, again, with goaltending, it's the same situation. You have to have a good, reliable 1A, but you also have to know that, you know, you can't make these guys play 70 games anymore. The athleticism, while it's it's still there, the rest of the league is getting better and getting more difficult, I think, to keep up with. And I think you just need to make sure that you have a guy who can play 35, 40 games maybe even at some point and still have, you know, the ability to be fresh for the playoffs. So, yeah, absolutely. I think the only team 
No, there, I don't think that there was one single team that made it to the second round that were paying their goalies less than $7 million in total. The teams that invested in their... And, and well, if I'm, Carolina, I mean, technically, no, they're two starters. But, but, but Carolina was technically but again, investing yeah, yeah. in their goaltending. That's okay. Granted, you want to go there. Granted, they, they, they made a bad pick, and it forced them to go with someone else. What about San Jose? Were they paying? San Jose is uh, between Arendelle and Martin Jones. Yeah. They're paying almost $7.5 million. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... But then you go to some of these teams, like, you know, let's... The Maple Leafs lost in the first round, and they're paying less than $6 million for their two goaltenders. <laughs> I, I mean, I, maybe it's not such a... Oh, by the way, Frederick Anderson, only a $5 million cap hit. Uh, the, even the San Jose... Yeah, the San Jose Sharks, the, the Vegas Golden Knights, they're paying more than seven. How old is Anderson going to be, if you don't mind me interrupting, when his deal's up? Uh, Frederick Anderson will be 31 when his deal is okay, up. Okay, so he'll still be technically in that sweet spot for a goaltender to catch Yeah, in. and then you you go and you look at the Calgary Flames with between Mike Mike Smith and David Riddich, they were I mean they were paying less than 5 million dollars for their goaltender. Right? Was Mike no. Smith Mike Smith was making He was making, oh, 5.6. He was making 5.6. Okay. So but less than 7 million dollars. It's 7 yep. million dollars. There I mean there there's got to be something to that that the teams that won in the playoffs were teams that spent money on goaltending. Yeah, you you keep your starters fresh in the regular season. I mean, granted, yes, the Florida Panthers did were spending more than seven million on their goaltending. Uh, they were spending about almost eight, but uh, missing the playoffs is a whole nother story for them. But I mean, even even like a Minnesota, you know, they they were only spent they barely spent five point five million dollars on their goaltending. And it shows at some point. I think that really there's something to having a goaltender that you can rely on in the backup position, not because you're worried about injury even, just because you need to play these guys 50 games Keep max. them fresh. Like yeah. if, you put, if you said, we have a cap 50 games unless, I mean, like St. Louis, you hit March, you're, or you're like you're in dead last place. You just got to do what you do, and you know. But well, if he's Jordan, hot, you keep him in. But regardless Jordan Bennington hadn't played in the beginning of the year, so it didn't really matter. Right. I mean, he was playing somewhere, but but regardless, if you if you're hot as a goaltender, you just keep riding him. But like again, to just nail it home, just you got to keep those starters fresh. Justin, even the Nashville Predators, only six point five million dollars they lost in the first round. No, no, no. That's Pekka's new deal. His last deal was. End of this oh, year. Seven. So, yeah. 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 Seven. All right. All right. Well, they, well, they were spending more and they, they, they were. They didn't make it. So, but it seems though that there's something to spending money on your goaltending that puts you in a good position to win, at least we'll say. Uh, anything else we want to hit on before we scoot out today? The RFAs. I, th- I think we were, oh, yes, I wanted to talk just for, yeah, a, yeah. Qu- a quick second about the sure. offer sheets. So I, I got to thinking about it today and I was listening to uh, a couple sports nets and TSN's little podcast, you know, shows and stuff. And I got, I got to thinking about it a lot more, right? First off, um, you, you talk about when, when teams offer up, right? They, uh, the compensation that goes along with it, if a guy decides to sign and the team refuses to match the offer, Right. For for a lot of these RFAs, right, the high end guys that we're we're looking at this season, um, you know, your guys like, you know, Mitch Marner, um, you know, Miko Rotnin, uh, you know, Sebastian Ajo, these eighty plus point guys, you know, they're going to command. You know, you keep hearing the numbers around like ten, eleven million dollars a year. You know, like Marner's like, oh, I want Matthews money, and you know, whether or not they get it is a whole other story, but. The compensation you have to give up is going to nearly be four. Is going to be four first round draft picks, right? And how many teams over the course of four years end up with a potential lottery pick, right? Or I mean, I, I mean a lot of t- like it is. It is a relative feat to make the playoffs four years in a row. Right. Nowadays, you know, like there's always like four or five new teams that make the playoffs from the previous year. But here's the other thing: most of the teams that have the the cap space, right, usually don't have the picks or they um you know or they're not competing for the playoffs so a lot of these guys won't want to sign there anyways but for instance like i the, the one name that keeps coming up is Mitch Marner all the time right because he's he's traveling because he's, he's going to visit teams yeah i know right um he's going to visit teams i know it's but, such a it's to me it's such a 
I don't, I don't know. Does it feel like this millennial thing to do? It, it might be <laughs> the millennial thing. It's to do. like anti. Uh, oh, fine. If you don't want to sign me, then I'm just going to go visit other teams. I mean, it's his right. Yes, he can do it. But yeah. But it, what NHL team do you know in four years and four first round draft picks has never found a talent that has came to the NHL and made an impact? Right. I, I don't know that we've seen it where teams have struck out four years in a row in the first round. Right. So, uh, granted, Mitch Marner might be a great acquisition but not only are you handicapping yourself you know financially but then you're also putting yourself in a bind future wise by giving up all these draft picks so to me it's it's not worth it i i think we we, we've seen in the past like a guy like jacob truba right you could you could potentially i'm not saying it's going to happen but potentially like for instance byram right he could potentially turn out to be better than jacob truba but yet all New York had to really give up was, you know, a, a couple pieces and a first round draft pick to get him. Yeah. So why not keep those first round picks and then make some deals down the road if you want to or try to draft that guy? That's a fantastic point. I, it's stupid to me that teams are even thinking about now. I, I would understand offer sheets with guys a little bit further down the, the food chain, you know, um, and what yes, I, where, where all you're giving up is like a first, second and a third. Right. Think about what Vegas gave up for a first, second, and a third. Or Thomas Tatar. Freaking Thomas Tatar. So, yeah, you could have done much better. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, a guy who's signed. I can't remember what the, uh, what the, what is it called? Like where, you know, the amount that you have to give up. The compensation. The compensation. Yeah, I think if you sign a guy like between, maybe it was five and Eight or something like that. It's like a first, second, and two thirds. I, I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head, but yeah, I mean to give uh, up a first, second, and a third, it's six point three to eight point four million dollars. Okay. Yeah, a first I, and a third between four point two and six point three. There are enough teams in cap hell that you could you could potentially do that. Now, absolutely. Now, one of them that pops in the my mind right now, you could go out and snag is um, Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer, Kyle O'Connor, right? Kyle six, Timo Meyer, sixty-six point guy. You could give him that seven million dollar contract, and I think right now where San Jose is cap wise, they probably couldn't match it. They take a first, second, and a third for Timo Meyer. Was, yeah, that's yeah. pretty freaking good for a guy who twenty-two years old could potentially be a number one winger for your team. That's I know. Uh, I mean, what about Patrick Laine? Offer him. Eight point four million dollars. Like, but just he, under- he won't sign that. I think he wants ten million dollars. Not that yeah, I don't yeah, think I don't know yeah. if he'll get it, but that's what he wants. And so I don't think if a team came in offering, hey, we'll give you seven, eight okay, million dollars, so ten point five, you'd give up two firsts, a second, and a third. Would you give up two firsts, a second, and a third for a Patrick Line who not Patrick struggled Line. this year? That's the thing. He's so inconsistent. Now, a goal scoring is a premium, and so maybe, um, you know, maybe, but it's. It's too much of a risk, I think, with how up and down he was. How about Braden Point? Give him ten and a half million. Oh, I would give him ten million dollars. Ten and a half. Million. I would sign Tampa him first Bay, over you? Marner just because he's a center. For, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and honestly, and he he scores. He scored forty one goals. He does. Marner had twenty six, and Marner did that playing with John Tavares. That's true. So, you know, and, and if you're if you're a guy like Mitch Marner too, you got to ask yourself, you know, what kind of situation are you getting into? You're in a pretty good one right now in Toronto. So, you know, why do you want to risk that anyways? Right. But, I mean, obviously, uh, Braden Point is in a good position in oh yeah in Tampa Bay too. He can take a little less money in Tampa and be in a great spot. But it depends. I mean, it depends on how much you know yeah. where you want to be and how much you want to make. I, I don't think that Braden Point is is going to go anywhere. And speaking of RFAs, I got to say, I actually really loved the Toronto deal to giving up a first-round pick to get rid of Marlowe. Ah, yes. Because if you really think about it, they give up a first-round pick to ditch Marlowe's salary. Would you give up a first-round pick to get Johnson and Kapanen signed and keep those two guys on your team? I think so. Yes, absolutely. Because you'd be looking for a first-round pick to get for either of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Probably one for each. Absolutely. And they, they did it to... And they kept their salaries, both of their salaries, equal to what Marlowe was making. So freaking win-win for yeah, Toronto yeah, right there. Absolutely. Loved it. Absolutely. And, and the hope is that that pick is the 31st overall pick. <laughs> right. And, you ha- yeah, you have to assume, too, that, right, at least, at the very least, Toronto's first-round draft pick is going to be between 20 and 31. So how about signing Charlie McAvoy to, like, an $8.4 million deal? I Give mean, up a first, second, and a third for Charlie McAvoy. And, I mean, could... If 
if Boston were to match it, I would rather try to sign Zach Wierenski personally, but that's just me. Yeah, but Columbus will match it because I know Columbus has yeah. all the space in the world. They do, absolutely. Boston doesn't have that and much. And Wierenski so. wasn't that good when Seth Jones wasn't around. <laughs> I mean, but well, Char- I mean, Charlie McAvoy, I mean, Boston's got $12 million in cap space. If you put that deal, that hammer down on them, they, I mean, yes, they'll probably match. They'll find a way to match. But it's just funny to me that teams don't th- think about it. Teams go like this. Well, we don't want to put out these offer sheets because if we screw these guys over, they won't trade with me. Or we don't put these offer sheets out because someone will come back with a revenge and do the same thing to us. Well, guess what? You can't offer sheet a guy that you signed to an extension before, like during the year. So what would it do? It would force teams to sign guys to extensions during the year or prior to the free agent week like what we're seeing right now. So you sign your guy then. Nobody can give your guy an offer sheet. There's no worries about that. If a guy won't trade with you, first off, there's about to be 31 other teams that will trade or 30 other teams that would trade with you. Also, let's be honest. If you're offering a guy something that he wants, you really think he's going to say, nope, I refuse to make my team better because you screwed me over three years ago and I hate you. Like, come on, <laughs> you play within the rules. You do like, I mean, I, I think that it, it's perfectly valid. You should, you should do that. You should offer sheet these guys. I mean, thing is that for Mitch Marner, I'm not giving up four first round picks. And no, the you only way find... he's accepting an offer is if you give him 11, 11 and a half Absolutely. to leave Toronto. Yeah. So, so I don't want to give up that much. I wouldn't, I don't even think I want to give up that much. I, I don't know if there's anyone outside of Connor McDavid that I want to give up that many picks for. And what's Connor McDavid done for the Oilers? Been part of half their points, but or but, half but, their goals, but yeah, but, hasn't got him in the playoffs. But one year changed. No, so it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. Like I don't think that it's it's almost like it's never maybe financially it's worth it because you could bring in a guy who will sell all your jerseys. I don't think it's worth it for anyone. I don't think four first round picks for Connor McDavid is worth it. Because I think that you can maybe you can get three. Think I mean just like what you said, you could take all those first round picks and trade all of them for different players, and you've got four players. And guess what? Those four players they can play more time than Connor McDavid can than any other player. Yeah, I I don't think it's ever worth giving up four first round picks for a guy. No, now I, two first round picks and like a player here sure. and like you don't handicap yourself that much future wise. It's just too much. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just crazy to me that guys don't go, huh, this team has this much sell, cap left. I'm just going to put an offer sheet out there because they'll match it. That's fine. Then they won't be able to do anything the rest of the time. Then I go and I offer sheet one of their lower level guys, and they can't do anything about it, and so then they're screwed. Well, then I get them. Yeah, absolutely. And think about this. <laughs> you double it up. Right. And think about this, too. Right. When, when we talk about not giving up four first-round draft picks, you got to think, right, if you want to go ahead and wait and trade for guys to try to build your team around those those first round draft picks instead, like this year for example, right? Taylor Hall, maybe he doesn't want to resign in New Jersey. Maybe he doesn't want to leave. So now you offer up a couple first round draft picks and you can get Taylor Hall for two, right? Like frick, okay, cool. And, and if Taylor Hall is being dealt at the deadline, you're probably only giving up one first and you're giving up like some prospect, level prospect. Yeah, maybe. That's only if he's willing to sign there too. Sure, absolutely. You but know, that still. Carlson deal was laden with lots of extra things if he signed, which he did. So Ottawa gets extras, which it's good good for Ottawa that he signs there. Yeah. Good for San Jose, too. Not uh, good for San Jose, I think, but that's just me. Oh, well, we'll get to that next time. Uh, this has been Overtime Hockey Talk. We'll hit you guys up on Twitter. No, no, you hit us up on Twitter because, <laughs> you know, we'll hit you up if you hit us up, you know. Show you mine if you show me yours. Wow. See ya.